This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Green and White brought to you by Argyle Life. I've jumped on with fans of fellow championship clubs to gauge their thoughts and opinions ahead of the return of the world's best second tier. We'll talk transfers, predictions, squad depth, youth talents and most importantly how they think Argyle will get on in our return to the championship. Split into a few parts, we'll venture from Bristol to Sunderland via Coventry, Millwall, Cardiff and Sheffield and try our best to cover the whole league. So without taking up any more time on an intro, let's get into it. Next up for Blackburn Rovers, we're delighted to be joined by Dan from Rovers Chat. Welcome to Green and White, Dan. How's things? Yeah, thanks for having us. I'm looking forward to speaking and uh, having a look at the season. It starts off by running through last season. How'd you get on? Do you know what? It was a really good year, I think. It was a mixed one, though, because at the start of the season, we'd have all taken, well, I said I'd take not being in a relegation scrap, given the change of manager after five and a half years, given the change of losing a captain, losing who I'd argue were a key player in midfield and also a right back. So we looked at the season thinking if we can avoid any danger, get a good building block heading into this season, it'd be a good one. But we just exceeded every expectation. We were second uh, by the time the World Cup break come around. We were in the playoff race for about 200 and odd days of the season. We were in the top six. And then the slump happened, but the slump happened a lot later. Normally we fall off about February. This time it got to mid-April, we were still in it. And we faced a lot of teams around us. And, you know, we got some results. We got uh, a few good wins that you looked at and thought, this team's quite good. And then you watch the last four games of the season. Five we played. Preston away, local rivals, conceding a 95th-minute goal when our striker went through on goal and tried to chip the keeper rather than just hit it. They went up the other end and scored. And then we played Coventry midweek and the goalkeeper scored a 96-minute goal and you kind of think everything's against you. And then you go to Millwall on the last day, needing a win and other results to go your way. You're 3-1 down. We pull it back and win 4-3 with the best comeback I've ever seen Rovers do. I think it was the first time we come back in 19 years from two goals down to win a game and then Sunderland go and win at Preston so you miss out on the playoffs and then it becomes what if it becomes what if we'd have picked up this point what if we pick up that point so it was a good season overall on reflection but at the time it, it hurt a bit but 
for me, it exceeded every expectation, plus two big cup runs as well. We come five minutes away from being at Wembley as well, which still hurts me now, but a positive season nonetheless. Yeah, so after your perceived um, overachievement last season, what's the current mood like amongst the fan base ahead of this season? It's mixed now. It was very positive before we got free signings in before the end of June, which is very unheard of for Rovers. We normally only Did sign you, one. Do we know any of those? Uh, just one of them. One of them we mentioned that might have a few injury issues and the manager's caused a bit of a stir. But uh, do you know what? The, really, the feeling was positive and then news come out about the manager's uh, potential departure, which I'm sure we'll discuss. And the mood's kind of dampened a bit. People are kind of feeling the worse again you know there was this real positivity around Ewood that we haven't had since I'd argue since well definitely since we got promoted from League One but I'd argue since the uh, the Premier League days really so it's mixed at the moment if the manager stays I'm sure the feeling will be positive but at the moment it's uncertainty and I think that's the worst thing in football you'd rather just know what's happening whether it's good or bad yeah as you mentioned it let's move on to um John Dale Thomason. Obviously, what's what's the feeling towards him to, at the moment? Obviously, the, the rumours circulating about him leaving. Is that is that for another job, or is that because he's, uh, you know, it's because of budgets apparently. So basically, we're owned by Indian owners. I'm sure people have heard of them, the Venkis, and they've been pumping quite a lot of money into the club just to keep us going. Now there's tax laws that are coming in in India that kind of they'll be charged a lot more money to send money over here. So the issue is Rovers, I think Rovers are trying to cover their own backs if that law gets stricter and if there's a block put on sending money because then obviously we need money sat in the reserves to make sure we can keep the lights on really. So at the moment, it's uncertainty. Like I said, it's that's the issue that we don't know what's happening. The club won't really come out and comment on it because if they come out and comment on every speculation that ever goes in the papers, you know, we'd be here till next week. So I think the uncertainty is what's causing issues. I personally don't think he'll go and I hope that doesn't come back and bite me. I think he will stay and he does know that Rovers aren't a club with all this money that your Leicester's, Leeds, Southampton's will spend this year. So at the moment there's worry. It's more worried than anything and it's worry about whether we could replace him. But we're staying positive at the moment and hopefully he's a managed head in the internet year because we'll have a much better chance with him at the helm. We've got a bit of a tangent now. What What is the mood like with the Venkis? Because obviously I remember them first coming in and there being uproar and you seem to hate them uh, and now you seem to have softened a bit And but now there's you know more discontent. So what's the... I think the feeling is that they messed it up at the start. Obviously we were a Premier League club, secure Prem club. They messed that up. They're putting the money in to cover it, which is fair play to them, but it's on the back of their mistake. The feeling is, if they can stay out of the football and just keep financing it, we'll be happy. If they get involved with the football again, I think that's when the discontent will start because they were hiring certain people that didn't really do the best for the club and that's what affected us. So if you just let the football men run the football and they sit back and just pump the money in, it'll be good. So the feeling is... We don't mind them being here. Obviously, we'd love to have an owner that would blow £80 million on every signing you could ever get. But we appreciate the club we are. We appreciate the fan base we have. Uh, and we've just... I think... I wouldn't say we're lucky, but I'd much rather be in our situation than a lot of clubs who 
you know, have uncertain futures, even in the championship this year, there's a couple I worry about. So I won't say we're, we're massive fans of them. Like obviously you are with your owners and like other clubs in this league, but we definitely appreciate what we have, even though obviously it's on the back of their mistake. Obviously we've not played in the championship for a while. So let's just, let's just have a run through your squad. Who would you say is the, like, the one to watch? Who's, who's the best player currently at your club? It's a good question. I'd say at the moment it's Sammy Smodix, the attacking midfielder. Obviously, played in League One quite a bit. I'm sure everyone will know him. He just become such a focal point of the team last year. We had Bradley Dack for years, who, again, people are know from League One, that stepped up into the Championship. Now busy being a social media influencer. On well, that's TV it. Now he's, uh, he's enjoying his TV shows. With Bradley Dack, he was such a focal point, and he was this man that... I wouldn't say single-handedly, but played such a big part in Rovers being revitalised and getting back on the right track. And he did two, uh, he had two ACL injuries, dropped out the squad again. We thought he'd come back and be a part. And then Sammy Smodic's come in and just absolutely blew him out the water. The fact that we released Bradley Dat by our choice this year, not his choice, our choice, was a real sign that Sammy Smodic should become such a key part. He's just got the energy... The eye for the pass, he's a goal-scoring attacking midfielder as well, which Bradley Dack was, you know, we're not missing Bradley's goals as much as we used to. So I'd definitely say Sammy Smaddix. I think the thing for Rovers, as cliche as it is, it's a team effort this year. It's not that one standout player that we've always had. You know, it's normally been Adam Armstrong or Brereton Diaz or anyone else. I think next year you'll see it's more of a, a collective one and shared around the team rather than someone taking centre stage. Yeah, nice. Is there, is there any, like, youth... Academy player that to look out for? Yeah, I'd say uh, in terms of... It depends which way you want it. In terms of players that are kind of emerging and played a bit, Adam Wharton last year was... Uh, I think he only started 10, 15 games, but he's a real talent. Really can't pass around the ball. Already been linked with moves to Newcastle and Everton and Arsenal for 15 million. We're expecting him really to be talked about a bit like Alex Scott was if he gets a full... Uh, season behind him. In terms of coming in that haven't really featured, we've got a few. We've got Zach Gilsane, and you might see a bit of this year. Uh, attacking midfielder, been on the books at Barcelona, Liverpool, uh, all the big clubs really in the academies. And he's always he's always had that struggle with just taking a knock and being out for a bit, but he looks like he's got fit, really worked on himself, and really looks to be a talent. And given the fact that Niall Ennis is injured, but we won't go into that, and Oh, no, Sigurdsson, a new signing again, looks like he'll be out for a bit. This could be the chance that he takes to kind of break into that team and become a regular because, let's be honest, when you're playing as an attacker, as a young lad, you're expected to score, aren't you? You're expected to do everything. So I'd say them two. Gilsane and for potentially breaking through and Adam Wharton will definitely be a key part this year. So I'm glad that you've taught me how to say Gilsane's name because I've got him on there. Boston United career mode on foot manager, so yeah, he seems to be doing all right. So, and as we know, foot manager is the uh, the pinnacle of all the be all and end all. The summer signing that you're most excited by, and why is it? Why is it Niall? Well, <laughs> I mean, you've got Sigurdsson, I mentioned, out injured for a bit with his hamstring. Niall Ennis, again, his injury issues that you warned us about actually when we signed him. And uh, that John Dor Thomason's had a bit of stick for. And then Sanjay Tronstad, I'd have to go Tronstad on the fact that he's the only one I could see playing on the first day because the other two were injured. He looks to be a good midfielder. He looks to be a solid option. Brought him in from uh, the Dutch League, 100 appearances in that league, played in Europe regularly. I think he's going to be one that 
won't pull up any trees, won't be seen as this, wow, incredible signing, but he'll be seen as a very solid, dependable championship midfielder. And that's what we need. We miss that. We just miss the strength in midfield, that player to take a grip of the game, the player to, when you need that tackle in the middle to kind of get the crowd going, I feel like he can be the man because that's what we missed at times. With a young midfield, don't get me wrong, they'll put tackles in, but there's an experience and now we've got this head in the midfield that could be a really key part going forward and probably won't get recognised for it as much because, you you know, you go for your midfielders that can pick out 60-yard passes, your attackers. But I think Tronstad could be a real key asset and quite a good pick-up, really. Yeah, nice. What areas of the squad do you feel are still a bit weak? The striker. The striker's the biggest thing I can ever talk about. I think if you can... Get a striker in this year that can put the ball... I know putting the ball in the net sounds obvious and I know it costs a lot of money, but that's what we're missing. We're missing that striker that can get on the end of a cross, put the ball in. We've got Sam Gallagher, who I'm sure you'll know, who just isn't up to scratch, really. He's been, he's been tipped for a £5 million move away, right? Like- Whoever's doing that needs to get a new job, I tell you that, if they're bidding £5 million for him. I think he's got his assets, don't get me wrong, and... There's some games you watch him and you think, wow, what a striker. But that's not enough. You know, there's so many games he goes missing in. And I think it feels like his time at the club's coming to an end. We want to move to a striker that's going to make that run across the defender, going to, you know, beat his man and then shoot because Gallagher's more physical. It's so a striker for me. If we got a striker, I could head into this year and think, do you know what? We might, we might push for the playoffs. If we don't, then I think we're looking at anywhere between 9th and 15th. But it's it's someone sure. Finding a strike is easier said than done. Yeah, no, so you've pretty much answered my next question there in, in terms of what are your expectations of the season and where do you think you finish? Um, but, what, what constitutes a successful season for you then, currently? Without a striker, 9th to 15th, I think. I think given the strength of the division, I think you've probably seen three clubs come up that are strongest than we've ever seen. I think actually Ipswich and Plymouth are better than Rovers and uh, Wigan were the year we come up. I think you're quite a mile uh, ahead of us. So I think going into this year, a season of progress in terms of playing with the ball, putting the playing style in, we saw it implemented at the end of last year. I think if we're sat here this time next year discussing a season where Rovers have showed that they can play the football they want to play, they just need the players for it. And then we go into next summer and try and get them. I think it's a positive season, really. Anything where we don't take a step back. And I know that's hard given we finished seventh last year, but I think as fans, we appreciate that the division's so much stronger. Like I said, the three that come up, I think are probably the three strongest as a group that have come up in a long time. The three that come down, I think are actually three strongest that have come down in quite a bit. I know Burnley were good last year, but I didn't expect it from Burnley. I expect it from these three to be up there. So, a season of maybe a step back in terms of league position, but a step forward in terms of a playing style and developing players like Adam Morton, if we can hopefully uh, you know, sell him next year for, for 15, 20 million. I think that would be a positive year for us. Let's let's move on to some quick-fire predictions. Who wins the league? I'm going to go Southampton. I think they'll get it. Just, I'm not sure though. Runners-up? I'm going to go for Middlesbrough. I like Michael Carrick. I think he implemented a way and an identity last year. So, yeah, Middlesbrough for second. And then just your three to go down. 
No, when we spoke on our channel, I think the five you listed were perfect. I think Cardiff City are definitely under threat. Uh, QPR, Sheffield Wednesday. I think Rotherham will be round there, but won't do it. I'd go for the three I mentioned, the first three, Cardiff, Sheffield Wednesday, QPR. And I just think you going into a season without stability is the worst thing you can do. And I feel like Chef Wednesday are in that, even though they've got a manager in now. Last but not least, how do you predict Argyle to get on in their first season back in the Championship? I think you'll have a year that surprises you. I think, I'm not saying you're going to get the playoffs. I don't even think you'll get top half, but I think you'll have a year where the momentum you use from this incredible season you've had will really push you on. I see a lot of similarities to when Rovers got promoted in terms of you've done really well in the league. You've got players that can do it. You're keeping low knees as well on permanent deals. I think that's such a big thing. You know, you've not had to go and get a new left back. You've not had to go and get a new winger. These both. Uh, Mumber and Whitaker both know you set up perfectly. So I think you'll start really well. I think you'll have a tough patch, uh, rough patch, sorry, in the middle of the season where maybe relegation worries come in and then you'll just push yourself back up. I think you're fine with the championship. One month you can be the best team in the league and the next month you'll be shocking. And as long as you know that's going to happen and you expect it to happen, it makes it a lot easier. So I don't think you'll be in any danger. And, do you know what? I hope you do well. I like sides like Plymouth. I like sides that have done well in the year before. Beat teams like Chef Wednesday, who I'm clearly not a fan of to uh, to promotion and that. So I'm just really looking forward to seeing you uh, you push on. Although I'm not looking forward to the trip, and I am waiting for Sky to uh, to announce the fixtures and move our game. It won't shock me one bit. Yeah, put it on a Monday night. Oh, God. I can just see it now. We've already had Watford moved to a 12 o'clock Sunday, so we could always have another one moved. I do sort of understand the predicament that Sky are in, though, in the fact that they could, you know, they could, they can never win. But at, oh, the no, same no. Time, at the same time, some of their decisions are also mental. So, uh, before we go, where, where can people find you? Uh, so there's Rovershat underscore on Twitter. There's Rovershat on YouTube. That's our main output. Uh, anywhere if you just search Rovers chat will come up but thank you for uh, for having us I really appreciate it and I'm looking forward to the season hopefully have a good trip down to Home Park as well at uh, the start of September nice cheers Dan thank you very much for having us we'd like to welcome Ben from Robins on Tour YouTube channel just YouTube Ben yeah yeah, just just YouTube at the moment that's nice Uh, welcome to Argo Life Ben how's things not too bad, mate. Not too bad. I was thinking two weeks to go until the season. I'm just counting down the days now, really. Yeah, nice. So uh, just to confirm, you are a fan of Bristol City. Let's get that in there first. Yeah. Uh, what, what's, what's the current mood around the uh, amongst the fan base of, of the Robins? Uh, it's actually quite positive. And I mean, we don't we don't usually say that often. Obviously, you know, every fan's usually quite positive at the start of the season, but there seems to be something something going on at City at the moment that, that's quite good. Obviously, there's still the questions about Alex Scott, and I don't think that's actually going to stop until he either signs a contract or he leaves. But even apart from that, even if we look away from that, it's still it's still looking quite good from a City point of view. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll talk about Alex Scott whilst you whilst you mentioned him then. So obviously, huge player. He, he seems like an absolute talent. Do you do you feel like you could adapt even if he if he leaves? Obviously, you're gonna get you're gonna get a big wedge if he goes right. Like, I mean, what City want twenty five million for him? Wolves put in up to twenty five million, which oh no, I think they're preparing up to twenty five million. We rejected twenty two, 
But I mean, we've made some really good signings that, I mean, even if he does go, I think we'll still be okay. Plus, we'll still have 25 million to spend for a replacement as well as, as some other positions that need replacing. And I mean, you see the likes of, of Jokeres going for what I think was like 15, 20 million and they got Alice Sims in for 3 million, I think. So, I mean, if, if we do let Alex Scott go, even though I think we'll be all right if we don't sign anyone, with 25 million spent, I, th- I think we're going to be okay. I think it'd be fine. If it, if it was me, I'd take 22 million and a loan back for the season. Yeah. Because, you know, Unless he's, unless you think he's ready for the step up to the prem now, I'm still unsure about that because like it could be one of those ones where like we've seen Semenya do it last season where he bossed the championship and there were loads of clubs interested, and he goes. I think what he probably played ninety minutes of football in the prem last season. I think he's got one goal. That could be the case for Alex Scott, but I think also I'm pretty sure Hugh Key could fit into pretty much every Premier League club. He's, he's just that sort of player. But obviously he is still he is still really young. So with one more season with City would do him any harm. I mean, it could lower his price tag if he has a poor season. But mm. f- for him as a player, I think he could pretty much do whatever he wants. You're going into the season with uh, Nigel Pearson at the helm. What's what's yeah. the feeling of, around Big Nigel? Do you think that he's the long term answer for success, or do you reckon he's not going to make the whole season? What do you think? He'll make. I I think he'll make the whole season. He had a three-year contract. This is his third year. I mean, I'm. It's it's one of those ones where there's a lot of City fans basically saying he's had two years to build a squad. Last season we saw glimpses. You know, he's he's got his formation sorted. He looked like he's got a starting eleven sorted, which it took him two years, but fair enough. And I mean, we're going into this season. We've made some really good signings. The squad looks happy. We haven't really lost anyone um, big, obviously, apart from the, from Scott. But we're going into it positive. It's probably going to be his last season, unless, you know, we do something mental and, you know, get a playoff spot or even go up, which, in my opinion, is probably unlikely with how strong the championship is this season. I think he's probably going to leave at the end of his contract, but you never know. And it's been, it's been at the start, it, it was a bit bumpy, it was a bit rocky, but... You know, he's been a good manager for City, especially, you know, parts of last season. Hopefully, he'll be able to carry it on to this season. Oh, nice. Uh, I didn't think that would be the answer at all, but uh, fair enough. Uh, obviously, we, we've already mentioned Alex Scott, but let's let's move on for him because the next question is about the best youth prospect and academy player you've got the squad and the best player, which currently um, is Alex Scott. Answers all three, right? But apart from Alex Scott, who, who would you say are, are players to watch out for? You could probably answer all three of them, Tommy Conway as well. He's a young, young striker. He's one of the people who have really shone last season under Nigel Pearson. And that's why I think Nigel's done really well. Obviously, he hasn't got any lone players in, which has been able to um, produce some of our best academy prospects, obviously, likes of Alex Scott, Eamon Benarus, who's obviously been injured for parts, but we've seen like Sparks. Um, you know, there's been a lot of young players who've come up under him. So Tommy Conway's probably the main one. Um, but we've got a very young squad. Um, Tommy Conway obviously probably at the at the front of it. But yeah, it's just it's just looking positive. There's people saying, you know, hoping he'll get a 20 goal season, which we haven't seen this in a while. But I mean, you know, if we can start right, if we start, you know, on the front foot, start fast. 
you know, start scoring goals. If if he can, if he can get the ball at his feet, I reckon I reckon there's a chance he could be, you know, a 15, 20 goal striker next season. I don't know if you're familiar with the the Gaffer Fantasy Footballer Championship. I've got Tom yeah. Conway as my as one of my three strikers. I think he's a dark horse for a golden boot. I think he might do well for you. Yeah, he was at a good price point as well. I was like, yeah, I'll get I'll get him in. Summer signing that you're most excited by? We've made we've made quite a few. I think the one I'm most excited for is probably Jason Knight, just because I spoke to a few Derby fans and they talk very highly of him. I'm after a season in League One. Yeah, I think, I, mean, a, I think that's a sensational pickup for you. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, there's there's more like Rob Dickey, Hayden Roberts. Um, they all look, they all look very good players. But I mean, Jason Knight's one I'm most looking forward to seeing as well. He's he's got a few goals, a few assists in preseason already. But also, I mean, Harry Cornick obviously he's not a new signing, but he's he's been looking good in preseason. And I think this probably could be obviously after a, a bumpy start last season. I reckon he could have quite a good season this year. But to answer your question, yeah, probably Jason Knight. Yeah, I think if you can get Jason Knight and, and Rob Dickey's old form when he was at Oxford, it, yeah, yeah, I think you're onto a winner there. I think you, I think you'll be slowly climbing up that table. Where are we? Uh, areas of the squad that are still a little weak that you think you could do with some strengthening. Need a goalkeeper. Obviously, Max O'Leary is probably the number one and only goalkeeper we've got at the moment. Um, Anyone been linked or? No, we have. No. We, I think it, it's still one of those ones where, if we get the twenty-five million, where people would spend that. But apart from that, we haven't really heard anything uh, coming in wise. Um, if Nigel wants to play wingers or like wide players next year, so probably I'd, I'd probably get up another winger because we only really got Sykes, Mametti, Bell. To be fair, another one from the academy. He's he's been looking good in preseason as well. But I, I don't really think there's many. But I mean. If we do get that twenty-five million in, I'd probably get a CDM because obviously the ones we've got at the moment, they're all um, reaching the end of their careers. Andy King, Matty James, Joe Williams, etc. Um, goalkeeper and maybe a left back as well because Campring's the only real left back we've got at the moment. What are your expectations for the season, and, and give us a realistic prediction of where you think you'll finish. I'd like to see us have a good season because obviously we, we, we've been sort of mid-table club for the last few years under Pearson. I really think we could push on this season. If I'm being realistic, I don't see playoffs just because of how strong the championship is this season. But, you know, between maybe like 8th and 11th, I'd hope to see us sort of around there this season. Yeah, nice. Build a, build a nice solid foundation for whoever takes over from Pearson next season. Definitely, yeah. Or even if we do have a good season, get, keep them on for another year. But, We'll have to see about that. Quick fire questions. Uh, who wins the league? Leicester. Name your name your playoff contenders. Uh, Leicester oh, and, leads... a, and a runner up. That that normally helps. Okay, you. so Leicester. Not in order because I'm still not sure about that. But I'll give you six or seven teams. So I reckon Leicester's going to be up there. Borough's going to be up there. Uh, Southampton lead are probably going to be up there. Um. Coventry, Sunderland. I reckon one of those two will still be up there. Uh, he was in a good transfer window. Hull of Birmingham have had a good transfer window. I'm not sure if they've done enough to be up there, but I think that they could give it a good go. Do, do Hull and Birmingham, Birmingham constitute your dark horses then? Yes, I'd probably say so. I I reckon 
I just think a few fans think that Ipswich could be up there as well. Personally, I don't think so. I reckon they'll have it. They, they won't be in trouble, but I don't think they'll be playoff contenders. Hull did look good at the end of last season, so I'd, I'd probably go Hull, yeah. Nice. And then, nice easy one, three teams to go down. Huddersfield, QPR, and I don't want to say Sheffield Wednesday because I think all three teams that have come up do probably do have a chance, but I reckon it'll be between the third place probably between you know, Wednesday, Rotherham, Cardiff, and probably depending on how they start off, I reckon Plymouth could could be down there. But I mean, if the if they that's that's only if they you know they start off slow and and don't manage to pick up a few points in the first few games. But obviously, if they do, then they'll they'll be completely fine. Well, that leads us on to the, the last question, which is how do you predict that Argo will get on in their first season back in the Championship? And uh, you've basically answered it there. It, it all depends on how they start. Because, I mean, this season, I reckon it's going to be such a random season, such a close season, that if you don't start well, I think you could be in a bit of trouble. And I think that could be with any team. I mean, if City don't start well, I reckon we, we might be down there. But I'm not sure. Who have you got first few games? We've got uh, Huddersfield up first, Watford away. And then my mind's got blank. I think we've got Birmingham away. Yeah. Um. I mean, we've got, we've got a few reckon, games in the first few months where we could pick up points. Yeah, I could see you at least getting three or four points out of that. So, I mean, I I think you guys will be fine. I don't think you'll be anywhere near the playoffs, if I'm being honest, anywhere near like the top half table. But I think probably between 14th and 20th, something like that. So, like that that sort of area. We'll take we'll take staying up right now. Before we go, actually, this is a very specific question for you. Um, how how do you feel about the uh, social media team at Bristol calling us the Southwest Derby? Then I, mean, I sort of want to throw up in our own mouths, but it's it's a weird one because obviously we haven't had a main derby apart from you know your Cardiff because obviously Rovers and Swindon they haven't really been up there, so I, I can see it because it's probably the closest Southwest Derby. But I mean, I wouldn't call it a derby or a rivalry, really. Well, I'm glad we've cleared that up. Before we go, Ben, how, how can people find you? Just on YouTube, just search out Robins on Tour. I'm still not 100% sure what I'm doing this season. I've been doing like vlogs the last few seasons. I might try and change it up this year, but you can follow me on my socials where it's just Ben Mead BCFC and I'll keep you guys all updated on there. But yeah, just Robins on Tour on YouTube. That's, that's the main place. Nice. Cheers for dropping on, Ben. No worries. Thank you very much for having me. And hopefully we'll get to catch up in person when we come, when, when you guys come up. Moving on to Cardiff City. They may not be that smart and they may not be that pretty, but they like to talk about Cardiff City, don't they, Ben? 
We do indeed. You've nailed the theme tune perfectly to our podcast. Um, and it's fun to be here because I try and give you a shout out every week on our podcast. Um, and it's nice to be on the podcast without having to shout you out. Yeah, it's good. It's good. You definitely have the best intro of any championship podcast. So that's that's a win. That's at least something's right. going right in Monaco, Cardiff. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, last season wasn't much to write about, but we kept the theme tune going. I think um, it's gone from strength to strength. Um, uh, fun fact about that theme tune. Uh, it was written when we started the podcast, where we 13 years ago. I knew a musician, and he was just like, Do you want a jingle? Did it. And it's like the thing that's lasted the longest. People have come and gone from the podcast. We've changed providers, we've changed hosts, changed all that, but the theme tune has remained the same for 13 years. Changed hosts, obviously, it's got a bit better now, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we're in a golden age of the podcast at the moment. Um, and a lot of listeners would say that. Um, you know, a few years ago, it was going through some trying times, but now it's, it's the best it's ever been. What is the current mood amongst the fan base ahead of this season? I mean, we're giddily excited. Um, I think, you know, last season ended well, it ended well, but it was a pretty hard season last year. You know, we finished in, what, 21st. Um, there wasn't much joy throughout the season. It was really hard going. And this summer changed our manager. We've, you know, despite having a transfer embargo, we're probably having the best summer we've ever had in terms of transfers. We bought Aaron Ramsey home. And I think the fans are just really, really excited. Um, I don't know if the optimism and the excitement is misplaced. Um, you know, we've got a new manager who's coming from Turkey, so we don't really know what he's going to be about. But the preseason games have looked good. Um, we gave Porto a bit of a game on Saturday, despite losing 4-0. Um, we, were, we were pretty good in the first half. So fans are really optimistic. Yeah, I'm not even going to try and pronounce his name. Errol Bullet. Yeah, yeah, I think. Can you give us a, Can you give us as much insight into him as you can? Obviously, I'm aware that you won't know loads, but... Yeah, so um, he's most famous for managing Fenerbahce. Um, he was at Fenerbahce a couple of years ago, um, where he, I think he, he managed them to a sort of a 64% win ratio, won a cup with them. But obviously, Fenerbahce expect to win the league year on year, so not winning the league wasn't good enough, so they, um, they got rid of him. He's been around uh, Greece, um, Turkey. He's managed um, a few big clubs out there. Um, as far as we know, he likes playing um, kind of um, kind of a physical game of football, uh, a lot of quick transitions into attack. Um, we've so far we've seen in preseason some inverted fullbacks, uh, which all feels very exotic uh, for us. Um, some of the players he signed are quite big, so we've got this guy Gutas at centre half, who's six foot five, uh, a bit of a monster. Um, but you know that's 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 all we really know at the moment. Obviously, he's new to the championship, so. You know, any manager coming to the championship is going to have a bit of an adjustment period. But I think he's he's got the right ideas about how we're going to play. And I think he signed some really good players. You know, we signed Carlin Grant last week, which is a bit of a masterstroke, I think. You know, he teams up again with Callum Robinson, can play on the wing or play up front, um, come in on loan. You know, he's he's signing the right players. He's, he's talking the right game. So a lot of the fans are, are hopeful that he can have an impact, you know, compared to someone like Steve Morrison or Lamucci last year. Yeah, obviously about your signing, I don't want to go into the politics behind why you have a transfer embargo um, and why yeah. that's deserved. But yeah, uh, do you th- some of those uh, loan signings with a view to buy in January or? The, the loan, so the embargo, we've, we've, we've paid the final instalment of the Salah transfer fee now. So we've we've paid what we owe to, to Nantes. Um, there's a further court case coming down the line, which will take place in the French courts next year to decide who was culpable for um, the, the death of Emiliano Salah, basically. Um, so now that the, the, the final instalment has been paid, our embargo lifts in January. So wow. from January, we can start paying fees for players again. 
I don't know, and there's been some discussion about this, is if we loan a player now, can we then set it up to pay for them in January or pay for them next year? Some people are saying, no, you can't do that. Some people are saying, yes, you can do that. So I don't know the ins and outs of these transfers. I think someone like um, Ogbo, who we've signed from, um, uh, I'm not even going to attempt the, the French pronunciation, but Troyes um, in, in the French league, as far as I understand it, he wants to come back to the UK permanently. So it might well be that we've loaned him now if he does well in January next year, we could turn that into a, 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 a you know a more permanent agreement. Carl and Grant, I don't really know on that one because it feels like a loan um, just because West Brom are really struggling at the moment. So I don't know. But um, hopefully, you know, if, even if we if we aren't signing players with that view to sign them permanently as part of the deal, come January, we can start negotiating again for kind of um, full-time transfers again, if we've got money. Who knows? Yeah, well, talking about summer signings, obviously... Um... No big names have returned to the club. I, I assume no. Aaron Ramsey is uh, the summer signing you're most excited by, right? I think so. Um, you know, we we all got burnt last summer because there was, uh, as far as I know, a, an agreement in place to sign Gareth Bale, but he ended up going to LA because he got his head turned at the last minute. So we all got burnt by that last summer. And I spent most of this summer trying not to get excited about all the talk to do with Aaron Ramsey. You know, we've been told that... Um, he wanted to come home, told that he was looking to, to kind of get out of his contract with Nice and, and, and move home full time. But you just kind of didn't want to take it for granted because he's still, you know, I, I know footballers are retiring younger and younger and, and, and young football, old footballers now are a lot younger than they used to be. You know, players used to play till they were 37, 38. Now players seem to, to kind of start winding down at 32, 33. But Ramsey's only 32. Um, he's still got a lot of, of football to play. He played sort of 40 games last year over the season. Um, and he's coming home. I think the Gareth Bale transfer would have been exciting just because it's Gareth Bale. But this one is a player that we brought through our academy. He left after only playing sort of 30 games. So we never really saw the best of him. We saw some fantastic moments from him. Don't get me wrong. But we never really had him for a long, sustained period of time. Um, and now he's come home. And, you know, I think the, the most exciting thing about it really is seeing just how almost happy he is to be home. You can see it in his face that he's really excited to be back at Cardiff. You know, he's talking really well about the managers, the other players. And I think that's the really exciting thing. We've got a player who wants to be here, who is still, you know, he, he was world-class sort of five, six years ago. You know, he got his Juventus move in 2018. That's not that long ago, really. Um, so I think he's still a really good footballer and a really good talent. And he could be the driving force that, that pushes up the table. And I think the one thing that can't even be, can't really be ignored is the fact that signing someone like him will help other players come into the club. If you're a, if you're a prospective signing and you've got two clubs in the championship on the table, one of them, say, Plymouth, Who's he going to play with at Plymouth? Um, or who's he going to play at Cardiff? He's going to play with Aaron Ramsey at Cardiff. So that's, that's all I'm saying. Obviously, um, he came through the uh, Youth Academy there. Is there anybody currently coming through the Youth Academy that we should be looking out for? Yeah, so um, we've got a couple of really good kind of um, youth players at the moment who've, who've played a, a couple of first-team games. Uh, Isaac Davis, um, who's potentially gone out on loan to Oxford, but he's a, he's a real talent. But then Reuben Colwell is, is the big one. He's a monster of a player. He's about six foot four, six foot five, but He's got um, he's got a really really good pass on him. He's got a really good shot on him. The way he plays the game is always on the front foot. Um, kind of plays almost like a, a, a number ten role, just behind the striker. Um, a really good kind of creative player. And I think we, we've seen a lot. Kind of he's been on the cusp of breaking through for the last couple of years and had some really good performances in that time. I think this season under Bullock could be the time that he he him and Ramsey almost alternate in that ten position. Um, and you know, if you've got someone like Ramsey that you're learning off, Colwell could have the season that that, that we've all been hoping for, really. Um, and he he could go, he could really explode this year. So I can imagine him and him and Ramsey in those tens behind Carlin Grant with with uh, 
God, I've forgotten his name. Robinson? Callum Robinson? Yeah. Yeah. On the wing. Oh, yeah. Bit, I mean, that's lovely, right? Mm. Sounds good. That sounds, that sounds too good for Carl. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, exactly. We don't deserve it. Yeah, if you throw shade, I, I can throw it back. Um, <laughs> what, what are your expectations for the season then? I mean, you know, I, I think if you'd asked me this maybe a month and a half ago um, when things looked a lot bleaker than they were, you know, Ramsey was just a rumour. We've just hired Bullet. Um, you know the kind of transfers hadn't started taking to shape just yet. I probably would have said just mid mid table was a was a a pipe dream. Just avoiding relegation was the actual aim. I think with the players we've got now and and the preseason we're having and the excitement it's building, I think mid table is a minimum really. Um, you know we we had a good squad last year. Um, you know we signed a lot of players because we had to fill the squad, but we've signed some good players and this season we've signed the quality to go on top of that with the new manager. And if we've got a new way of playing, I can I can see mid table as an option. Um, you know everyone knows that the championship is such a ridiculous league. You know, it only takes a couple of wins at the start of the season and you could be flying. So if we start well, then I don't see why we can't knock on the door of the playoffs, but I'd be really happy with mid table um, really compared, you know, from, from last season to now, if we can get sort of 11 to 12, then that would be the ideal starting point under bullet. Quick fire predictions then for you, who wins the league? Leicester probably. Um, they've spent really well. They've, they've got money. So it's going to be Leicester. Runners up, Southampton. Nice, a, a dark horse. Ipswich. I think that. Uh, <laughs> shake your head. I just think they've got a good manager. They, you know, they've they've signed in quite well so far this summer. They have got a couple of good Welsh players. I can I can see them doing okay. Yeah, fair enough. I'll give you that. And then and then just the three teams to go down. Blackburn. Um, wow. <sighs> Bristol City, um, and then. <laughs> I'm gonna. Oh, I don't even. This is the thing that gets me. I, I looked at the championship before I came on the call, and I was like, "Who, who could, who could go down?" So I'm gonna say, "Who did I say? Bristol, Blackburn, and then Huddersfield. I think might go down." Okay. Yeah. I think I mean, Warnock is gonna get bored and give up after a couple of months, and then they're gonna be screwed. Yeah, that's yeah. I, did, I didn't say. I didn't say Plymouth. No, that's good. That's good. Where, where, how do you think we'll get on in our first season back in the championship? Yeah, I don't think you're going to go down. I think I can see you kind of, you know, lower mid-table. Um, I, I think the league's really competitive this year. Um, I think it's it's going to be hard for a lot of teams, you know, to kind of make their own way through the league and kind of put their mark on things. But I think you guys play football in a, in a really good way. You've, you know, you've done some good signings for yourself. People like Whitaker have come in, um, who I know you guys really rate, even though he's from Swansea. So just I, well, that, well, exactly. And I appreciate that. Um, and I think Schumacher is a good manager. Like I, if anyone, you know, you listened to my pod quite a lot last year and any time that there was a link to a manager that I thought we should get, it was always Schumacher. Cause I think he just does things in a really, in the really, in, in the right way. So you might struggle to start with kind of, but once you figure it out, I think yeah, I can see you in the lower mid tables and, and and definitely away from away from relegation. Nice talking of um, Argyle and, and your podcast last season. You mentioned the trip down to Home Park a lot. I assume yeah, you're, you're buzzing for that oh, one. I can't wait. I can't remember when it is. Um, I think we're playing you at home on Boxing Day, aren't we? So that's I I think we've always had a history of playing you guys on Boxing Day. Um, but I think our game against you is uh, where is it? It's in January, so it should be a nice cold trip down to home park in January. I think it's a Saturday. Yeah, it is a Saturday, so that makes it better. But um, I'm really excited. It was one of the games, I think, when you guys were fighting for promotion last year, uh, as you mentioned, we talked about it on the podcast, because it's 
we always used to play you guys. We always used to kind of come up against you guys, and they're always good games. We, you know, I think you've beaten us down there a few times. I think we beat you down there. Um, you know, when we had people like Chopra and all that kind of stuff. So it was always a team that we played, and I never made the trip to Home Park back then. So in January this year, I'm definitely making the trip. Uh, you've got to recommend me some pubs to go to. Um, maybe you can give me a guided tour. Well, we'll have to sort something out, but definitely just hit the Barbican is basically your best bet. Um, What's Barbican? I don't know. I don't know in January, but just just the the harbour. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. In January, that might be a bit cold. But do, do away fans get like the run of the town? I don't. You know, when I went to Norwich away, we weren't even allowed in. So we had to go drink in the Premier Inn. Yeah, I think that is the away pub again. I believe okay. this season for Norwich. Um, good, can't wait. Yeah, yeah, you can, you can go where you want in the city. I think pretty much. Nice. We That's good. I treat us like adults. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's what we do down in Plymouth. Yeah, All right, Norwich. Quickly before you go, where can where can people find your content? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't even know it's called Twitter anymore, but twitter.com forward slash VFT Ninian. Um, we've also got a substack, vftninian.substack.com. You can find our podcast on all the usual platforms. Just search for you from the Ninian. Um, we used to have a website, but um, that died. Um, we're trying to reset it back up. So um, I've, I, I'm looking at that over the next couple of weeks. But yeah, Twitter is where you'll mainly find us, or X, whatever it's called now. I just simply have no idea what Elon Musk is doing. Yeah, it's gone through the rebrand today. Well, it looks like yeah. it still has Twitter. Um, the Favicon's still a bird, but the, the main logo's an X. So. Ridiculous human being. Nice, on that, we'll, we'll call it there. Cheers, Ben. Cheers, thank you. Hi, my name's Glenn, and I'm part of the Scarblues Fans TV podcast, and I also help out with all things Sky Blue, who run weekly Twitter spaces on a Sunday at 9pm during the football season. So um, my thoughts on Coventry City at the moment, uh, the current mood in the fan base, it's kind of a mixed bag. Um, obviously, we're really disappointed to see Victor Jokerez move on. He was a massive part of our success last season. There's still question marks over potentially what's going to happen with Gus Hamer. Um, there is still probably a bit of playoff hangover from the final, obviously losing on penalties um, after being having such a good season and we, we hardly lost a game really besides losing 4-0 to Stoke in about 20-odd 20, 20 matches. So, um, yeah, I think we're reasonably optimistic. There's still a lot of business to be done. Uh, in terms of Mark Robbins, he is an absolute legend of a manager. Um, he's really good. He's probably one of the most underrated managers in the championship. He, all throughout his Cov career, he's had adversity, problems, players getting injured, um, also stadium issues. Obviously, he won the league when we were at Birmingham. Um, he's really good at adapting the style of play, finding a way to win. Obviously, we lost Callum O'Hare last season due to injury. He was a major part in our success in the championship the season before. Um, he, he finds a way to get results, which is really, really good. Uh, and I think he's underrated. I think, really, he's probably in the top five managers in the championship. I could make an argument he probably is the best manager in the championship on it. Uh, in terms of the best player at our club currently, uh, if he stays, it'll be Gus Hamer. I think there's honourable mentions. Um, I think Ben Sheaf has really, really come on loops and bounds um, for us and, and looks one of the best midfielders in the Championship. And probably the other player who probably goes a bit under the radar um, as not being rated, um, I would say I, I'm really looking forward to um, Tat's 
Sakamoto, who signed from Belgium. He looks a real good prospect. If he's half as good as some of the Japanese players who've played at Celtic, I think he'll really, really be good. Uh, in terms of the best academy prospect, um, there's a couple of lads uh, I'd like to sing it out. Ryan Howley, um, who plays midfield um, for us. He got a few first-team games last season. Um, there's a young, two young lads who've played in pre-season for us. Um, Evan Egosa, um, he's played a lot in our under-21 side that won the league the season before last. And he's played in the number 10 role, looked really impressive in pre-season. And another lad is a striker called Justin Obikwu. Um, he's quite a physical player who scored his first goal for Cough City in our pre-season 4-0 win against Forest Green. He may well get opportunities this season, depending on his signings, who we bring in, if we add more strikers to the list. The summer signing that I'm most excited by... Um, as I mentioned earlier, Tat Sakamoto looks really lively. Ellis Sims, I think, is probably going to be the standout. I think he's a good finisher, got loads of potential. like the look of him in pre-season so far. He's a good two-touch finisher. One touch to control the ball, second touch to hit a strike. I think with the creative players we have, we're going to create lots of chances for him. <clears throat> the areas of the squad that are still a little bit weak and could do with strengthening. Um, Defence, basically. Um... Until a couple of weeks ago, really, we only had two recognised first-team defenders on our books in Carl McFazdeen and Jake Bidwell. We've obviously brought Jada Silver in from Bristol City. Um, Thomas has joined us from Burnley. Um, we've signed Josh Latabaudier, I think is the name from Swansea. Um, but we've obviously lost Michael Rowe, Callum Doyle. Uh, Jonathan Panzo and Luke McNally's gone back and obviously Fankerty Dabo on the right wing back. So yeah, we're definitely looking for, a, I'd say, a right wing back and also at least one or two centre-halves, probably on loan and potentially we probably need another striker as we've only got Matty Godden and Ellis Sims at the moment. Uh, in terms of my expectations for the system, so that's like expectations for the season upcoming, uh, I think realistically, I just want to see progress. Uh it will be great if we could obviously kick on and like Luton, who missed out in the playoffs the season before last uh, and then obviously went up this season. I think there's there's obviously a good chance that Kov could do it. I'll probably be a bit more confident if we still had Jokerez. Um, we had Callum O'Hare fit. Um, yeah, but it depends obviously on who else we sign. But I think as long as we maintain championship football, as boring as that seems, you don't want to do a Huddersfield or Barnsley. Um, who obviously struggled the season after being successful in the playoffs. It's really going to be a tough championship. Uh, I think there's a lot of teams that are very evenly matched in it. Uh, and I don't think it's the shoe-in that leads Southampton go straight back up, unfortunately. Uh, with it, I think there's... Um, and even even Leicester, I think there's that you can make an argument they could potentially have problems. Uh, so my prediction of where we finish... I would love us to go automatic promotion, um, but I think realistically, I think if we can get in the playoffs again, I'll, I'll be more than happy with that because I think on our day, we're more than a match for anyone in the championship. Um, what does constitute a successful season for Carl? Ultimately, I think staying up and continuing our progress um, on it, I would probably say a top 10 I'd be very, would be very happy with. On it, and yeah, just continue to develop the team and and give you give some of our younger talent 
a chance and um, look to build and strengthen again in January and, and kick on. So yeah, I, I think we're we're definitely a more experienced side with, in terms of championship experience than we were last season, where we were reliant on a lot of youngsters. I think this season, obviously, we've brought in a bit more experience and and championship know how. So that's really good for it. Um, in terms of my thoughts on Plymouth Argyle, how I think they'll get on this season. Um, I'm actually really impressed with the business. I think Morgan Whitaker is a good signing. He was linked with Carve. I think I would have been happy to have him at Coventry. I think you got him for a good price. Um, I, I like the goalkeeper you had, Cooper. Um, I think he's obviously been injured. Um, but he'll, he'll obviously come back to form. He'll be a good signing. And I think the advice I'd say for the Championship is home form is massive. If you're hard to beat at home, you've got a good chance of being relatively successful at i.e. staying up. Uh, away results in the Championship are very hard. An away point in the Championship is a great result. So I think your home form is going to be key. Um, I, I think you'll do all right. I think Stephen Schumacher is a good manager. And yeah, I, I think there's potentially other teams in the Championship that, that are worse than, than you guys. So I, I think you'll probably be bottom six. But who knows? Um, like I say, Sunderland went up last season and got in the playoffs. Uh, Luton have got promoted and Dunn's been successful. So yeah, it, and Cov stayed up relatively comfortably in the COVID season um, after promotion in the end. So yeah, I, I don't think it's out of the question that Plymouth could have a have a good season. There's always a surprise package. But yeah, I think staying out the bottom three would be a massive success for you guys. And yeah, we um, look forward to... Um, you guys come into the CBS and um, it's just the same our game against you is uh, on Valentine's Day in midweek otherwise it would have been a nice uh, uh, away game on uh, Saturday for us. We're going through these quite nicely now so on to Hull City I'm joined by Ant from arguably the best named championship podcast to Hull and back. Welcome <laughs> to Green and White Ant how's things? Uh, yeah we're all right thank you how was you? Yeah all good all good. Uh, let's just start off by running us through last season. Like, how how did you get on? Um, it was a weird season for us last season. So, um, obviously we we got we got the new owners halfway through the season before. Um, they didn't really have enough time to sort of you know make a real impact on any of the signings. We, we, we made a few towards deadline day, but it wasn't anything groundbreaking, and it was more or less just staying in the league. And then last season we were quite optimistic, so. You know, it's no lie that our owner's ambitious. He wants us in the Premier League as quick as he can. And we had a very big, very busy summer. Um, I think we we signed probably 20 players at least. Um, so what was probably arguably, you know, a lower half, lower championship, lower lower half championship squad, top league one style. So they did need improvement. And we brought in quite a few players from abroad. And, you know, we, we went up, managed to lure in players like John Michael Sarri and um, Oscar Esipinian and players I you thinking, you know, should never have really dropped to us in the second tier, but especially not to Hull. But um, here we are. We've somehow blessed with them. So, um, but we thought the season would be better than it was. Um, Shotter Avaladzi was the manager and it started okay. It was actually joint top after five games, but the performances went. It was one of those where we were getting results from games, but you were coming away from the game thinking, how have we won that kind of thing? So the, there was warning signs early on and then... Um, yeah, it just sort of our form just fell off a cliff. And uh, we, we had a lot of injuries. I mean, throughout the entire season, we were plagued by injuries. Um, but with, with our lads, it was coming to November and we were talking about how we're going to stay in this division. And it'd be a very expensive failure. But they, uh, they brought in Andy Dawson as um, uh, the caretaker manager. He steadied the ship a bit and then he brought in Liam Rosini, which I think was 
probably the best appointment he could make. You know, he, he's played for us before. He knows the area. He's got family ties. Um, very ambitious young coach. Probably one of the best young and upcoming English managers in the game at the minute. And he came in with a clear vision. He knows what he wants to do. He speaks well. Understands the club and the expectations. And, it, you know, we, we, we really turned it around. I mean, we went from the worst defensive record in the season <clears throat> in the league up to... Rosinia's appointment to the fourth best I think we finished with and we only lost six games of the last 28 that he was in charge our Achilles heel was scoring goals like we were drawing a lot of games because we just couldn't score more than one um, so we, we managed to sort of sort the defensive issues out but we couldn't solve the goal scoring issue so I think this season will be a a, a good test of, of how Rosinia gets that approach play and that clinical um, edge in the final third to these players this season because that was really only, the only thing that was missing yeah, no, I thought it was a big praise there for Liam Rossini, and you, you basically answered my next question, which obviously with him, with him at the helm, can you can you imagine? I imagine you're all pretty happy with him right now. Do, do you see that he is that long term man to get you to that back into the Premier League, like your owners want? Or uh, I do, I do, because um, I mean, if you ever listen to any of his interviews, he knows exactly what he's doing and what he wants. Um, he's inherited a squad that isn't his last season and he still managed to do really well with it. Um, you know, we've, we've got a clear identity, which was something we didn't have under Avaladzi. We were just a chaotic mess. Now we've got this, you know, play out from the back, possession-based style system that he wants to use. He wants high energy. He wants players that are fully committed. And I think the thing is with Rosinha is we've seen a lot of things that, that make a good manager already. I mean, he's, this is his first proper full-time job. He, he was at Derby briefly as interim and then was replaced by Warren. And then obviously he's come in here as his first proper job full time. And already you're seeing, you know, his, his range of tactics, his, his team selections are good, his substitutions work. But what's what's um, improved me most, uh, impressed me most, sorry, is that um, he signed Malcolm Ebbyway in January on loan from Crystal Palace. And he's a very, very promising youngster. You know, he came with a lot of hype. He was Rosinia's top target, all this and that. And he came in and he was awful. Um, and Rosinia was not shy on what he said. Uh, I think it was the Millwall game, the first half. Made substitutions at half-time. A couple of players came off, not just WA, but he came out after the game and said, look, I've got a standard. And if you fall below that, then you're not going to be a part of it. And that was it. WA were dropped. So, you know, that's what you want to see as a fan. You want to see a manager who doesn't, you know, allow passengers, who do, no matter how much he rates him or has worked with him before, you want a manager who, you know, is going to demand the absolute best. And if any players fall below that, then they're not part of the picture and he'll bring someone in who is. So... You know, for us at the minute, it's, 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 there's, there's massive optimism. We, we can't see why we can't be challenging the top six based on last season's form and then Rosini's, um, uh, well, style as a manager at the minute. Um, so, yeah, it's, 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 it's something that I think that, I think he sees this as a project he wants to be here for a few years as well. So, hopefully, um, a few of the bigger clubs in the Premier League sort of just, you know, leave him alone for a bit and let him, let, let him, let him cook whilst he's with us. That's the aim, isn't it, with these up-and-coming managers is to... Uh keep hold of them and not get them poached um mm. speaking from experience let's let's move on to your your squad then like, who would you say currently is your is your best player obviously we've not been in the championship a while so we just need to like gauge who's got who yeah i mean with us it's hard to actually pinpoint just one player um Oscar Rest opinion was our top scorer last season with 13 goals but he actually didn't is <laughs> a bit of an anomaly oscar so he, he didn't actually play very well in many games yet still scored 13 goals. He's just an ultimate poacher. You know, his link-up play and his hold-up play isn't brilliant, but he will find himself in the right place at the right time to put the ball in the back of the net. So if you partner him with somebody who, you know, got a bit more link-up play about him, he'd be a very lethal striker this season. So he'd be one to keep an eye out purely on the basis that he scores goals at this level. Um, but 
a couple of players last season that sweeps at the Player of the Year award. So Regan Slater is a midfielder that probably not a lot of people know about. Um, he's gone under the radar a bit, but he's arguably our most consistent player. He got fans and players Player of the Year last season. Uh, very industrious, works hard, tracks back, defends, creates goals, score goals, plays all over the midfield, very versatile. Um, and he just embodies what I think Rosinia wants from this club. You know, he's he, he, 110% every time he goes out on the pitch and you know you, what you're going to get from him. He's one of those who's seven or eight out of ten every week. Um, I would say he's probably the most crucial player to our lineup at the minute. I think if he wasn't playing, we'd probably miss him the most. Um, and then the centre-back pairing of Jones and McLaughlin last season, very, very important on turning around that defensive form. Like I said, it went from the worst defence in the league to the fourth best, which is some turnaround in the championship. And um, McLaughlin's introduction into that, I think, was probably key. Uh, Alfie Jones got player of the year from Rosinia himself. So, you know, we've got a few, we're more of a unit than we are. We've got standout individuals. I mean, Siri stands out on the basis that he's, you know, probably a Premier League standard player and very classy figure, dictates play, very classy on the ball, um, very good passing range, that kind of thing. But no, I would definitely say Regan Slater is our key player at the minute. Are there any like youth prospects or academy players that are going to have breakthrough seasons or? Oh, absolutely. Um, Harry Vaughan, uh, we signed him last season in January from Oldham. And um, with our injury situation, he kind of got thrust into the first team sooner than he probably um, expected. I think we were live on telly against Blackburn at the time when he got his debut. And he's come in and he's one of those players, like sometimes you expect, you know, a little bit of nerves from youngsters when they come into the, especially at the championship level. And he just looks like one of those players who's been playing at this level for five or six years and he's only 18. Um, he's, he's, he's very... Very direct. You can imagine being a defender against him would be a nightmare. He's going to get the ball at his feet. He's going to run it. Yeah, he wants that link-up play. He wants to get in behind. He wants to create goals. Um, I think he's going to have a bit of a breakout season this season. I'm hoping he's involved quite a bit in the first team because he's just shown, especially in pre-season at the minute, you know, the fans are just raving about him and I think he's going to be um, definitely one for the future for us. Hopefully, we're, we're pumping him with the same stuff we did Bowen and Lewis Potter. How's the transfer window gone so far? You said... Earlier about lacking a, a striker, have you, have you signed one yet? Uh, we signed Liam Delap on loan from Man City, okay. who who you know doesn't really have the greatest goal scoring record at this level. But sometimes it just takes you know a, a specific manager, a club system, something like that to bring the best out of a player. And I mean, he's come here with high praise from Guardiola, and I don't think Guardiola praises players just on the off chance that you know he, he doesn't he don't lie. If he rates a player, he rates them. So he's got to have something about him. Um, he was at loan on. Stoke and Preston last season I think and he didn't really pull up any trees but again like I say it could be just that difference in system uh, so we've signed him brought him in um, we've brought in uh, Ruben Vinagra who was the left back for Wolves and Everton Sporting Lisbon throughout his career I believe uh, Portuguese international as well so he's a very good signing at this level another one we're not quite sure how we've managed to lure him here but him partnered with Christie in an attacking sense with those overlapping uh, full backs um, I just think could be a very dangerous thing uh, well, definitely a multi-pronged attack for us this season, and we signed um, Jason Lakilo. I'm not. I'm not going to pretend to know much about him. He's played for Doncaster before, and then he's been abroad. I think in Turkey and um, Holland. I think and had a couple of good seasons, and now he's he, Rosini has brought him here. So he he looks like he's got a bit of something about him when he's come on in the friendly. Um, you know, he only had 20 minutes or so. It's not really much to make a a, a real basis of judgment on, but. He looks like he's, he's hungry and he could give us a bit of a bit of flair, a bit of something different. So um, I think the most frustrating thing, Rosini, will be that he, he wanted a goalkeeper. He wanted Carl Darlow that we had last season. And I think we've been priced out of it by Newcastle a bit. So he's probably looking a bit you know, elsewhere for um, another goalkeeper to try and 
fit into that play out from the back system. And Aaron Connolly that we had on loan last season might be coming back too. Um, he's rumoured for the last two, three weeks that he's going to be coming back. But um, we've not seen out else from it since. I assume he's getting his fitness levels up before they announce it. And that he has put pictures of uh, him in Hull City gear on Instagram uh, last season's training gear. So it's, it's obvious he's coming back at some point. This is when they announce it. So it's been an OK window. I think the best business we've done is definitely signing down uh, some of our best players on long-term deals like Sean McLaughlin and Regan Slater, the uh, Elfie Jones, these players that need to be staying at the club if you want to be successful long-term, we've, we've got them in. So that's probably some of our best business too. But it's been a decent window so far. We've managed to keep hold of Jacob Greaves and Oscar so far. So let's let, let's see if we've still got them um, when the transfer window shuts. Yeah, that's exactly it. Sometimes the best business is keeping hold of players rather than signing them, isn't it? So, and yeah. let's, let's, moving on to like predictions for next season, what's, what's the current mood around the fan base? I think we're all very optimistic. I, I think it'd be, very, um, it'd be very difficult to find any City fans who, who, are, who see this season as anything but an exciting prospect. I do think that we've got a squad uh, and a manager that's capable of at least the top 10. Um, there's absolutely no reason why we shouldn't be challenging the top six. Um, you know, I mean, it's yet to see, but with Rosini's current style of playing a full pre-season, you'd hope the players are a bit more fit. They're going to stay, you know, less injuries this season. So we've got a more consistent starting eleven. So you can, you can, you can. Because I think the key to the top six in the championship is you have to be consistent week in, week out. And we couldn't do that last season when we had so many injuries. And uh, this season, especially when there's going to be about 15, 16 teams that are going to be saying we should be in the top six, it's going to be a case of who can who can put a run run of results together for the longest and and, and stay in the mix. So. I, I don't know if we're realistically saying top six, we can, um, but at least challenging it, I think, is is the general aim of the fan base this year. And I think we definitely believe we can do that. I've said this a few times on our podcast that I have a soft spot for Hull and I have absolutely no idea why. Um, <laughs> I, I, honestly, I don't know. I don't know if it's the kit or um, I remember obviously watching like Giovanni and obviously you bought Hull Mercy from us as well, but I don't know. Yeah, I've never forgiven you for that, by the way. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Um <laughs> Yeah, I, I've tipped you to be a bit of a dark horse this season. I think you know we're, we're doing a predictions pod next weekend. And I think I might slip you into the playoffs. So, yeah, that's that's where you think you'll finish somewhere between bottom. Yeah, I would say I'd say between at least the top ten would would be my guess. Right, let's let's do some quick fire predictions. And who wins the league for you? Leicester. Runners up. Southampton. So you think that those two are just going straight back up? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think Southampton might tip Leicester, but. And then, and then just your three teams to go down. Um, I had Chef Wednesday because I think they've had a bit of a a, 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 a bad summer. Um, Rotherham, I think, will just fall short. And um, I did have Plymouth, actually, <laughs> I think, in my bottom three. But only on the basis of that this is probably one of the strongest championships I've seen in a long time. And it won't be for the... For, you know, the fault of effort from Plymouth South. I just think maybe, you know, quality-wise, he might drop just a bit short because I think down there is going to be really tough this year to get out of because, um, like I said, the majority of the league will be aiming at top six, I think, and it's going to be a, a very, very tough season <laughs> for every team involved. And hopefully, because I, I actually think Plymouth will be one of those, that they'll, they'll take it to the last day, kind of, but will drop, unfortunately. OK, OK. Well, that ruins my next question. Of, uh, but, yeah, but before before we go, where can people find you? Uh, yeah, we're on all your usual platforms. So we're on YouTube and we do we, we convert those videos into audio. So you're on your Spotify's, Apple's, uh, wherever you listen to your podcasts on. Uh, we've got a website. It's uh, 
abp.co.uk so it's just the the initials of the the podcast name um we've got a link tree as well so we're on you can see us on twitter and facebook if, if we, we do try and get opposition fans on our shows too so it is worth following us if you support another team because like we say we probably get likes of aaron on anyway for um for, for a plymouth view when it comes up to our games i wouldn't say that they won't follow you now but <laughs> yeah that's it we just lost a few cool cheers and appreciate that thank you mate no worries thank you Leicester City are being tipped by most to win the league this season. So I'm joined by Chris from Leicester Till I Die. Welcome to Green and White, Chris. How's things? Uh, well, I've been better, to be honest with you. Uh, but yeah, no, and I've got to say congratulations on the promotion. Oh, cheers. Thank you. Um, obviously, last season, in, in contrast to ours, last season didn't go down too well yeah. uh, for yourselves. J- just run us through what went wrong. You, you noticed that, did you? <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of things. It is. It isn't uh, you know, that 12 minute record. I think I'm going to beat it with one question because this is the question that literally there is no straightforward answer to. We'd had a hangover from the previous year when um, probably Brendan should have gone, but we ended up in a semi final of a European competition and we finished the league in eighth position. Uh, which wasn't, um, it didn't sum the season up. It was a lot worse than it than it looked because it was the European competition below the one that we'd gone into and we had spent most of the season in the bottom half of the table. Uh, but, you know, the owner top stopped, you know, wanted to stop with uh, and stick with uh, Brendan. And Brendan had been going on... Uh, since Forrest had stuffed us 4-0 in the FA Cup about a rebuild and he was hoping to have it during the summer. Um, and it didn't happen. We'd been warned by UEFA that we would be fined quite heavily if we didn't sort out our FFP. If you're Manchester City or Chelsea, you just ignore those and you know put the letter in the bin and carry on. But And the likes of, sort of West Ham and ourselves, you have to... You know, be, be, be careful. And I'm not saying we're angels. We, we've been caught out with FFP when we're in the championship. But knowing that and knowing that we wanted to get back into Europe, because let's face it, we'd had a couple of seasons, two fifth place finishes, you know, two European campaigns on the trot. We had no reason to suspect that we probably wouldn't be there for a third year. But we'd ended up with a lot of players on very high wages, which didn't basically reflect their talent. So basically a lot of overplayed players because we're trying to keep on to these players. We're trying to play, you know, keep up with the top six and, you know, we only just missed out on Champions League. But we didn't want to go down the leaves route and, and spend, spend, spend and, 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 you know, cross your fingers. So, the, you know, the owner decided that we'd got a full squad. We'd got the 26, you know, 24 players that were allowed. So what was the point in going out and buying more players because it would just mean we would like Chelsea would have a you know squad full of players that we couldn't register because we've got full complement. Then of course for Farner, uh, <laughs> we don't like him. Right, we don't like him the way he reacted. Recover, recover very slowly, Mister Fafana. That's all I'll say. Uh, but look, yeah, he he then went on strike and did his I refuse to play things and. Then we did bring a player in, but it was very last minute because we didn't sell for far until the last minute. Uh, and it wasn't until transfer deadline day, I think when we were playing, we were playing Man United on the transfer deadline day. And in his programme notes, he'd put 
you know, the chairman had put about this FFP and that we couldn't afford to bring players in, which was fine. If he'd come out and said that at the start, we would have all gone, yeah, fair enough, we don't want to go bust, blah, blah, blah. So that was, that, that was the start of it. We then oh, started, I mean, we had a really bad start. I mean, people, teams were putting six, five, four past us week in, week out. It was embarrassing. Redden should have gone then. We had a little bit of a mini run before the World Cup, which unfortunately kept him in a job, I think. And Top wanted to keep him, Top the owner wanted to keep him. Because he, he couldn't support him in the summer, he felt that he'd, he'd not, you know, stood yeah. by. They wanted to give him a bit longer. Uh, but he should have gone before that. But the, the, the mini run that we had, we were beating teams that on paper we would have expected to beat anyway. We came back from uh, the World Cup, we had a couple of wins, and then it just got worse and worse. And when we did actually get rid of him, it was too late. Dean Smith came in with Craig Shakespeare. He'd have needed to have more magical powers than Harry Potter to have tried and kept us up then. It was much too late. So this, for me, this relegation doesn't go on Dean Smith's CV. It goes on Brendan Rodgers. And we've seen, obviously, you know, whenever he fails in England, he sulks off back to to Celtic to try and rebuild his career and win a few trophies. I don't sound bitter, do I? <laughs> I'm not coming across too bitter. Um, so, yeah, that, that basically summed the season up. I actually think that relegation may do us a big favour because had we not gone down, we would have probably just carried on and, you know, and, and, and flirted with relegation again. A bit like we were doing in the Championship before we went down to League One. We went down to League One. It was literally clear the decks. Remind me who took you down to League One? Ian Holloway. I know that, yeah, I get that. And I've got to say, in fairness, I liked Ian Holloway. My my son was a ball boy for Leicester when Ian Holloway was manager, and I, and I spoke to him in the tunnel after one of the games. And he's a very, very nice... As a lot of the managers are when you're actually speaking to them one-to-one. Whoever had come in, you know, if, if Alex Ferguson had come in then, he could not have saved Leicester. But we got relegated, and... We did have a clear out, and we got a load of new players. And we got, we got, we took on uh, Nigel Pearson, who was the manager of Southampton, who had stayed up at our expense on the last day. They stayed up. We went down. They also sat Southampton. Sat Pearson. We took him on. We would not have had the the last nine seasons that we have enjoyed had I don't believe had we not gone down to League One. Mm. And I'm looking at that sort of effect. This time coming down, we've, we've got rid of a load of players that, like we, we've written a lot of money off, but we've, you know, we didn't offer them new contracts. Seven players out of contract that we've just let go, and to be quite honest with you, I don't think I've kept six of those. Yes, we want to stay in the Premier League, but it, I don't think we'd have we'd have done, you know, we would have just been papering over the cracks if we'd stayed up. Yeah. So moving on to obviously this season, as we call it now, um, yeah. instead of next season. Um, what are you? What's the mood like amongst the the fan base? What what are you? How are you feeling? The mood has been basically up and down. I mean, <laughs> literally, you know, you, you're being linked with uh, Scott Parker, and you're like, oh God, no, please no. Uh, and then it's, yeah, you think it can't be any worse than that, and then you're being linked with Stephen Gerrard. 
Oh, no, it is getting worse. Please, no. Wake me up from this nightmare. Um, and then, you, then you're linked with Enzo. And you're thinking, what? Now, you know, um, Pep Guardiola has more disciples than Jesus, let's be honest with you, with Arteta, with company, with, with, you know, with Enzo. Um, what it did, and when you listen to uh, Marcotti, the, uh, the, the, the European football uh, commentator, you know, correspondent, he, because he hadn't looked very good at Palmer, he had one season and he hadn't kept them up as manager, but everybody was speaking highly that he didn't have long enough to try and keep them up and he was a good manager. And, you know, he's obviously, you know, he's just literally six days before signing for us, he just won the treble with Manchester City. Mm. So not unlike Ian Holloway, here we had a manager that wanted to come to us, not because he hadn't got a job, because if you remember Ian Holloway, I think, got put on gardening leave, didn't he? There's always, <laughs> there's always, I liked him, there was always a worry that, you know, why are you taking on a manager that's out of work? They're out of work for a reason, you know. Um, it wasn't my first choice, but then I hadn't really considered him. I was I quite like the, you know, Thomason at, um, at Blackburn or the guy that uh, brought Ipswich up with you guys. Uh, but they got the experience. But no, Enzo, he brought some excitement. Suddenly it's like, wow, we've got a triple winner here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Six days ago, this guy was lifting up the European Cup, you know, the Champions League Cup in, showing my age there. Yeah, and now six days later, he's walking through the door at Seagrave. And it was like, wow. And that's what it brought. And it's given us some hope. And we're making some good signings. You know, we're in a, we are in a net loss at the moment. We've let more go than we've taken in. And, you know, every other player's been linked with moves away uh, as well. But there's also a couple on the verge of coming in. But we've made some really, really good signings. So the mood at the moment is very upbeat. Yeah, good. I was going to say, just talk us through your, your summer signings. Obviously, two very high-profile ones out the door. But... Yeah, yeah. Well, they were the two bankable ones. In fairness, you know, Madison was always going to go. I mean, you know, I like the guy. I've got his, you know, I've got a signed shirt from him there. You know, he's 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 got a future. I think he's wasted it by going to Tottenham, but that's his choice. (laughs) (laughs) But look, you know, I'm sure he wanted London, and and the money was good. So good luck to him. Good luck to him. You know, I, I don't begrudge him or Barnes going, but they were the two players that we could sell. We've got 80 million for two players. Now, we sold Harry Maguire for 80 million. We paid 19 for him, you know, and yet we've sold the same as Hall sold Maguire when they went down. We've sold uh, two of our players for just short of 80 million. That's not bad business, you know. Mm-hmm. So they were always going to go, and I wish them both well. I think Barnes has made the right decision, uh, the better decision, sorry. But look, I was sat at a barbecue uh, with my brother in law, who's a Man United fan. He could not believe that we had signed. Uh, Connor Cody and Harry Winks on the same, you know, or even just sign them at all. I mean, Connor Cody, 18 months ago, was an England defender. Mm. Neither of them are over 30. You know, Winks is all right. He, he's, you know, he's he's not impressed Tottenham managers, but my God, how, uh, <laughs> Tottenham managers aren't there long enough to be impressed, are they? Let's be honest. Um, but Potticino loved Harry, Harry Winks. He spoke very, very highly of him. Absolutely fantastic. Callum Doyle, the young guy, when he was at Coventry last season, 
Um, we managed to, <laughs> sorry, Coventry fans, not, I'm not, uh, but we've got him. Uh, we, we might, you know, we, we've got the new goalkeepers come in. Um, you know, last season the goalkeeper position was one that caused a lot of, should we just call it discussion between fans um, <laughs> as to whether you were either Team Ward or Team Everson. This guy's coming, he, would, he was down to start yesterday, but the match obviously got rained off. Um, so yeah, fantastic signings, you know, experience. I don't think we'll go straight back up. I'm sure we'll come on to that in a second. But if we do, I think Cody and Winks, both of them, could have gone into bottom half Premier League teams. So the fact that they've they've committed to wanting to come to Leicester, I think it's down to two things. I mean, you've only got to walk through the door. At, well, you've not even got to walk through the door. You've only got to drive up the drive to Seagrave, our training centre. And, you know, it's like, wow. You know, I mean, it is one of the best, if not the best in Europe. And then you've got Enzo. I mean, when you're looking at, well, this guy's just won the treble, you're going to you're gonna be more impressed than if you're walking into a club that's managed by Scott Parker. Let's be honest with you, you know, although you might get a free cardigan. I am more happy now than I thought I would be. I struggled to call it weak areas in your squad because your squad is still, on, you know, on paper still Premier League team. But what areas could do with strengthening? OK, I mean, I think, We've got now the goalkeeper sorted out. We brought Hermansen in from Romby, who's number two to Schmeichel. Uh, I think Schmeichel would have put a good word in for us. We've signed three defenders, two permanently, one on loan. So, you know, I think the defence is, is all right. Uh, the wingers, we've sold Harvey Barnes. So the only winger we've got is Mark Albrighton. Now, he's in his last year, bless him, and he'll, he'll I think, you know, he's, he's the new Mr. Lester, the wheel him on in a wheelchair to get a game, I'm sure it's still, and he'll still get a decent crossing, uh, but yeah, he's our only winger, so if Enzo wants to play wingers, basically, we're, we're, we're buggered. We haven't sort of replaced Mares, believe it or not, since he's gone, we've, we, well, we've, we've replaced him, but we've replaced him with, with, with Poo. So we're being linked with a couple of uh, um, wingers. There's one from Montpellier, uh, ex-Arsenal and Juventus um, wonder kid, as they call him. Um, uh, and I'm not even going to try and pronounce his name. I'm useless. So, yeah, that needs to be sorted. And the midfield. It depends who goes. Does Chowdhury, he's being linked with Southampton. Pratt's being linked with Torino. So if they go, we'll need to strengthen there. But we'll need we'll need another Madison stroke Tielemans. We need some wingers. Up front, I was looking on, 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 on some odds earlier. And <laughs> Jamie Vardy is favourite to be the top league scorer this, this coming season. And I'm like... Do they know? I mean, the guy, the guy is he's like the Joycel Bunny. <laughs> just doesn't stop. You know, he's like, come on, he's like 35 now. And do you think he, he can still be a success in this league? Or? Yes, I do. Everybody, you know, was playing badly under Rodgers. Vardy, look, he's, he's not going to be, there's 46 games in this league. He's not going to be starting 46 games and playing 90 minutes. Um, we've got Dakar, who hopefully will come good. Uh, not really have the chance because of Vardy. You know, where you've got Vardy in your team, how can you not play him? Uh, we've got Ian Acho, who may or may not be stopping again. We don't know. Um, but Vardy, he will play cup games. And can you imagine your defenders? 
you've just had Dhaka, who's, who's as quick as Vardy running at you, and Iacho's, you know, played in, in, in Europe, coming at you for 70 minutes. You see one of them go off, and you think, thank God for that, you know, as a Plymouth defender. And he's like, oh, bugger, Vardy's coming on for the last 20 minutes. <laughs> you know what I mean? But he can come on for that last 20 minutes, and I think he can be that sort of super sub. That's going to be, I hope that's going to be his role. Mm. You start the odd game here and there. We've been linked with Perlo, is it, from uh, Swansea? Perlo, yeah. Yeah. Whether that comes off or not, I don't know. Uh, we probably do need a fourth striker. Uh, but, yeah, uh, I think I think, I think think it's his last year. And wouldn't it be an amazing end to his story that he gets us promoted again? Yeah, so going on to that then, you, you mentioned earlier that you don't think you're gonna you, you don't think you're gonna win the title. What what are you expecting this season? Again, when I look at the odds, and I think it's very disrespectful to everybody else that they've got the three that have come down as the three that are going back up: Leicester first, Leeds second, Southampton third. Everybody's virtually got us in that order, and I think that is very very disrespectful to clubs in in the championship. What I don't want to be is I don't want to be a Watford or a Norwich, where we go straight back up, only to come straight back down again because we weren't quite ready. And I've got a good mate of mine, Dan. He's the, I don't know if he's a Burnley fan, and he said the same last season. If we don't go up, but it means we go up the following season stronger, then I'll be happy to stay down for one season. But that saying, it looks like the um, the Leicester board have sort of gone. We made a few mistakes last season. We better get it right now. And mm. they are spending the money. Um, but let's not... You know, it's a completely different kettle of fish. It's a different It's a different league. It's a hard league. I think it's about the sixth strongest league in Europe, to be honest with you, after the, you know, the big ones, the big five. Um, no VAR. Uh, <laughs> we'll, we can go back to blaming the ref. Um I, I, if we finish seventh or eighth, yes, obviously I'd be disappointed because, like every other fan, I want us to go up. Of course, I do. If we finish seventh or eighth, it's really not the end of the world because I think then we would go up the following season. I really do. What my hopes, I would hope to go up first or second. Winning it, it's like when you win, you know, and everybody gets promoted to, to the Premier League. We say, What's your hopes? They all want to finish 17th. And then anything above that is a bonus. If we finish second, and like again, like to win it, but I don't care whether we're first or second as long as we go back up. Playoffs, well, we know playoffs, Leicester. We've been in more playoff finals than, you know, I've changed my underwear. If we finish below eighth, I'd probably be a little bit worried. I'm going to be honest with you. Right, saying that then, quick fire predictions. Who wins the league? I can't, it's not a quick answer, that. All right, if, if I'm going to nail my colours, I think... We, if I'm going to pick someone, I'm going to pick me. I'm going to pick Leicester. Because I think we could do it. But, like I say, if we don't do it, I'm not going to be, you know, crying and demanding top out or anything. Who joins you back in the Premier League as well as up? You know what? I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see Coventry up there again. Um, I don't. I I I like Coventry. That to me, they're our proper rivals. I think if you've got a motorway derby named after you, that's a proper derby, and it's the M69 derby for us. Middlesbrough could well do it. 
Um, Southampton, a lot of people are sort of writing them off, but they've not lost a lot of players. You know, they've still got James Ward-Prowse. I know it's early days sort of thing, but they've still got some of the good players. Um, Leeds, I don't know. Um, Blackburn, I think they've got a, a few problems behind the scenes at Blackburn with, with the money that they can spend from the Venkis. I am I'm going to go on a limit to finish second or to win the playoffs, Coventry or Sunderland. So those, right. those Leicester, Coventry, and Sunderland as the three to go up. And then and then going to the bottom of the table, who name your three to go down? Oh, you get, I mean, you've, you've been so nice to me. <laughs> this isn't fair. You have been nice to me. Look, I'd love to see Plymouth stay up. Let me just say that. Leicester, we're not a big club, right? We're not, we're not, I've never seen us as a big club. And I would hate anybody to say to us, I mean, yeah, we've got some fans that think we're bigger than we are, but I'd hate anybody to turn around and say to us like, uh, oh, you know, you, um, you know, just like the top six you are, you know, just like Manchester United, oh, I'd hate that. I don't see us as that. And I like to see smaller clubs come up and do well. I'd love, I was so happy that Luton went up. What a story for them. And mm. I'd love them to be able to stay up, you know. Um, but unfortunately, I think you you will either just sneak, but I do have a feeling you're going to go down, I'm afraid. I'm sorry. You've been so nice to me as well, and I hate saying it, and I would love love to see you stay up because I think it's great uh, that, 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 you know, teams like yourself, you know, stay up and maybe, you know, have a, maybe have a go for the playoffs in a few years. Um, Rotherham, I think, were very lucky to stay up this season. I don't think they'll do it again, so I can see Rotherham going down. Uh, and then either Birmingham or Huddersfield. Birmingham? Mm. Oh. Might be, you might be the first to tip Birmingham. Um, yeah, I just I just think that they, they, they remind me very much of Leicester before we went down to League One because they seem to... They're not... Going to ever get in the playoffs, I don't think. Um, again, not the most settled of clubs, if we're honest with you. And I just think it might be their year. Fair enough. I hope from that you've. I hope you. I'm presuming. Well, I'm presuming from what you've just said that a lot of people are predicting Plymouth to go down. No, no. Yeah, no. no. I, 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 so far as a. I think there's only a couple that have, that have said us, and the rest of us, the rest of them, think we'll stay up. Well, so. I hope you don't. Like I've got to say that, you know, I, I really, really, really hope you don't. Well, I look forward to it. Uh, I'm looking forward to ticking off the King Power as well. It's a nice stadium. Um, have you ever been to um, to St Mary's at Southampton? Yeah. Well, imagine that in blue instead of red. It's exactly no. the same. It's exactly the same stadium. Um, built by the same people and obviously the same architect and what have you, so it's all the same. Um, um it's literally a, a copy and paste, it is, it is. Uh, but look, you know, compared to Filbert Street that we had before, it's uh, it's lovely. I'm sure, I'm sure there'll be a picture of Ian Holloway somewhere up there that you can go up and uh, kiss on the wall. <laughs> well, we'll see about that. We'll see about that. It depends on the result at the end of the game. Well, right? Fair um, enough, yeah. Last but not least, where, where can people find you, Chris? Uh, LTID TV on all the socials. Um, Twitter, I can't get used to calling it X. I, I really can't because um, it's all changed now. Uh, so, yeah, either Leicester Till I Die 
in full or LTID TV. I'm on all the main social medias and YouTube as well. Brilliant. Cheers, Chris. Thanks for that. Uh, thanks so much for having me on. With that brings a close to another Green and White pod brought to you by Argyle Life. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, like on Facebook and keep up to date with all things Argyle by checking out www.argyle.life. As always with all listens, old and new, we really appreciate if you could leave a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you found us. Every rating helps us beat that algorithm. See you next week. days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com this podcast is proud to be part of the talk sport fan network talk sport powered by fans